Welcome inside the Mississippi Salute Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Coleman. I serve as the Director of Communications at Mississippi Veterans Affairs, and we thank you so much for joining us for another exciting episode. As I always say, if you're a new visitor, thank you so much for checking us out. We hope that you find something here that um, that entertains you, for sure, um, that educates you, um, and just something that you can walk away with that benefits you. That's always been the goal of this podcast. Um, If you're a returning customer, returning visitor, thank you so much. Hopefully you found something along the way um, that you can enjoy. You know, my, my, my goal for this, I'll say it every episode um, for you to find out about veterans that are, if you're from Mississippi in your community, if you're not just some of the heroes that we have everyday heroes, it doesn't have to be a general every single time, just folks along the way who have helped make a difference for the veterans community and their local community, their state community as a whole. Um, At Mississippi Veterans Affairs, we're here to serve you. So if you need anything from us, visit our website, www.msva.ms.gov. There you can find our pillar programs, whether it be our veterans homes, our uh, veterans memorial cemeteries, where we are today at our memorial cemetery in Newton as we uh, conduct this interview. If you need to find a veteran service officer, all of that information can be found on our website. We are constantly updating information on social media. Uh, Be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. That's MS Veterans Affairs with an S on the end. That's how you can find us. And on Twitter at MS Vet Affairs. That's how you can find us on Twitter. We're always updating information for you. So be sure to check us out there. All right. Now that we got the business portion out of the way, um, we want to get into the stories, and and today, I'm I'm, I'm blessed to have um, a gentleman that I've known for for quite a while, even before my time here at Mississippi VA. He just happens to be our board chairman. His name is Max Finn, uh, Sergeant First Class Max Finn, by the way, of the United States Army. He is retired um, from there, but he continues to serve on our board. And so, uh, Mr. Finn, we thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Good morning, Ray. I'm glad to be here. Great. Glad to, glad have to you. share the story. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you here. Um, I got a chance to know you early on when I was cutting my teeth in state government um, in MEMA. I worked at the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency in their public information realm. Um, and I got a chance to, to, to meet Max Finn there um, in his day-to-day operations, as I like to call it. Uh, but Max has, has served our nation, and now he serves on our board. I want to go back to young Max, though, kid Max, if you will. Um, give folks an idea of where you're from, and then we can go to where you've been. But, but where did you grow up, and how did you grow up, sir? Okay. Well, I was born in uh, Pike County down in Macomb. I'm a 63 model. Uh, So I was uh, uh, raised uh, there. Then um, following uh, Hurricane Camille, um, we moved to the coast. Okay. And so I went to school in Gulfport schools down there, but I spent my summers and uh, Christmas breaks uh, and spring breaks back in Pike County. Gotcha. Um, So that was kind of how I grew up. we had, uh, I have a, a rich legacy of uh, veterans from the World War II era wow. uh, that had uh, somewhat influenced me. But I, I, when I was in high school, um, I had joined, uh, uh, at the insistence of my mother, the Marine JROTC okay. at Gulfport High School. So that uh, was my the, the prelude to, to military service. Sure, sure. That next step for you, what did that look like? Why, why did you say, I want to further my service in the United States Armed Forces. Was there a trigger point for you, or was it something that you had kind of always had in your mind that you were going to do anyway? Well, I, I think I was kind of leaning in that direction at the time. Um, we, uh, 
I didn't really aspire to go to college sure. at that time, yeah. and I was already in the uh, JRTC, so I was in the in that culture, military culture, and you know, influenced by my ancestors. Um, I just, you know, I said this this is what I need to do. Sure. And so I uh, enlisted uh, in the delayed entry program prior to my senior year in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Seven day, about seven days after I graduated, I was standing tall at Paris Island, South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what was that journey like for you, from basic training to maybe places that you have have seen? Um, I, I always I'm always amazed, like when I've interviewed World War II veterans or, or any veteran for that matter, if they've grown up in Mississippi their entire life. For some of these folks, they have never left the state until they go do their basic training. For you, what was that like leaving Mississippi and, and going off to be a man and learning in real time what it's going to be like to serve our nation? Well, I, it, it was it was eye opening, uh, kind of along the lines of what you just said. I think we went uh, as a family to Fort Walton Beach maybe twice during my childhood. That's as far as leaving the state. That's the extent, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, it's uh, embarking on a new journey and getting to you know serve our country and. and see the world, uh, not knowing at that time, in that moment, what that would lead to. But, uh, you know, when I got to, um, when I graduated from boot camp, uh, I was a, uh, I was assigned to 3rd Battalion, 10th Marines. Okay. At uh, Camp Lejeune, I was an artilleryman. Okay. Uh, MOS was 0811, so I served there at uh, Camp Lejeune for, for four years, uh, deployed uh, three times, uh, you have what's called in those years was an overseas control date. I mean, mm -hmm. at least one year of your contract had to be spent overseas. That could be permanently stationed somewhere or a combination of time at sea, which is how I fulfill that was, was the latter. Yeah. So uh, I deployed to the Mediterranean um, Sea with what was referred to as a, I can't recall the, the, the name of the, the task force, yeah. but uh, but nonetheless, uh, we deployed around the, the Mediterranean. We did some uh, joint operations with some other countries, and um, then there were some just port of call, just liberty in different places that we'd put in. And I reflect on that today in this in this uh, global war on terrorism that that we've evolved into. That I, I just can't imagine that the, the shore leave today is like it was then. Yeah. A little bit more more lax. But the second uh, I went. On my second deployment, uh, I was in Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, was there during the time um, the embassy was bombed. Yeah, we were. Um, my unit was a. Uh, while we had our artillery pieces in there, we were also a provisional rifle company. We did patrols there, but we were the quick reaction force that uh, uh, responded to that um, event. So when you, that, that's something that I won't. I won't forget that. Um, nice. Going down there and, and you know we had to help dig uh, dig some of the um, you know those that were killed out of the rubble and provide perimeter security and of course you had other government agencies there you know sure. trying to recover things that were in the embassy and so then we came back and um, as most most folks recall later in that year our our uh, barracks was bombed when those 244 Marines were killed so. Uh, it's something that I always reflect on as well. But so I came back and uh, having fulfilled my overseas control date, um, I, w I balanced that against the time I had left in the Marine Corps and uh, had the opportunity to go back a third time. So I deployed again, um, 
no uh, uneventful this time, just a regular regular deployment. Sure, a, reg came back. a regular deployment. That's yeah. right. And and um, so my my active service ended in in 1985, and I got out and spent a little time. And my contract was a four by two, four active, two inactive. So sure. prior to the to the uh, end of my inactive, I um, joined the Marine Corps Reserve. A unit down in Mobile, Alabama, Third okay. Force Reconnaissance Company, and retrained as a reconnaissance Marine. Um, went to um, U.S. Navy Dive School, Airborne School, wow. uh, Ranger School. Uh, Marines have get slots to go there, so I I, I got one of those slots. Uh, we were activated uh, in support of Second Force Reconnaissance Company for the Gulf War, okay. and deployed. Um, in 19, late 1990, um, went into uh, Al-Mashab, Al I believe it was, and set up our forward operations base. And then uh, my unit was uh, scattered among other – I was a platoon sergeant by that time as a staff sergeant, and my platoon commander and I uh, split our platoon and were occupying two different observation posts along the border with uh, Kuwait uh, – in that whole line, our whole company had had covered those outposts. But we were in the Battle of Kafji uh, in January 29th, 1991. Don't forget some dates. And um, fortunately, we didn't lose anybody, and we were able to to, to get out of there. And because um, we were we're not you know in a reconnaissance unit, you're you're there to to see what you know keep put eyes on the battlefield for sure. the commander. So sure. you're not you're not heavily loaded with armament. So when you're faced with a with a uh, combined arms attack from from an uh, um, a tank unit, you know, there's not much you can do there. So uh, at any rate, we um, you know, the 100-hour war as it was remembered as, yeah. we came back and then um, I was promoted to gunnery sergeant at that time and you know, a lot of us have difficulty when you get promoted. You move up and you move out. You're not you're not at the front. You're not where you really want to be. You're leading those who are yeah, at the front. So sure. I, I, my, I had a, a cousin who was in uh, is in uh, with Charlie Company in the 20th Special Forces Group up at Camp McCain. Okay, and he um, had been he'd been kind of on me for a couple of years. Hey, you need to come. You need to come join us. You need to come join our unit. So following. Um, the Gulf War, I, I did. I, I, I did a inter-service transfer from the Marine Reserve over to the Mississippi Army National Guard, yes, sir. and um, once again retrained as a as a Special Forces uh, weapons sergeant this time. So I I went through Special Forces selection, uh, went through the Q course, uh, graduated there, and then came back uh, to the unit. And uh, we um, time goes by quick. You never know where you're going to be. Once again, we were uh, sent to, I found myself in Haiti during Operation Uphold Democracy. Um, we were sent down there in support of 3rd Special Forces Group in a, um, a multinational role at that point because they decided that there was not going to be any, you know, battlefield operations. So it kind of transitioned to peacekeeping, and, sure. and that's where we found ourselves. You know, you got such a unique perspective. One, um, just from a civilian standpoint, being myself, you have a unique perspective of serving in the United States Marine and the United States Army. So that's that's one portion. You also have this portion of participating in, in significant parts of not just our history, but world history. Um, with that perspective, some of the most fearful moments in our history 
did you ever feel that fear? I read about it. I see fear. You're living that moment. At any point in those, those moments, did you sense fear? And if so, how did you cope with that, with that mechanism? Well, you know, I don't know that I did. If I, if I did, I didn't sense it. You know, when you Marine Corps, they break you down. It's just like <laughs> sure. all the armed services do sure, when you go sure. to boot camp and they build you back up yeah. and you're trained to respond. Now, it just like the embassy bombing, you know, we were, for one, you've been attacked. Mm-hmm. Your your organization's been attacked. America's been attacked. And so, you know, we move out and draw fire. That's right. Uh, you know the consequences of that. Like in that in that setting, you know, we knew there was a possibility of, of snipers, uh, sniper threat uh, in downtown Beirut. But it, it didn't happen. But you're always on the alert. So you're keyed up mm-hmm. in a little measure of fear, perhaps. Uh, then in um, uh, the Gulf War. Same thing. You're facing it, and this is in the dead of night with an armored tank column that you can't hear. I mean, mm-hmm. but you can't see, but you can certainly hear at a mm-hmm. great distance. And we had some helicopter gunship support uh, momentarily and, until they began to run out of fuel. And, and then when they said, uh, we're bingo, which means they're, they're needing fuel and they're gone, and you're left there with no aerial support, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of face the reality of, hey, this, this is going to get serious. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the reason I asked that question, um, I asked all of all of our guests this simply because I, I need the listener to understand what what I mean by um, courage and heroes. It's OK to sense fear. I mean, I think we all do that in our everyday lives. Um, it's the idea of pushing forward anyway. Right. I think that's what separates um, and and what identifies courage, even in the face of fear, you still push forward. Um, so that's why I asked that question just for it to be on record of why you continue to go back. Cause, cause right. you know, of, of, everyday citizen might say, well, why would he go back after having to experience the first round, right? The second and the third round. Um, and your answer to me was brilliant. Just you were trained to do so. Um, after you retire from, from the, from the armed forces, um, What's the next step for you in, in your everyday civilian life? How is Max Venn today? That, that transition from retirement um, was also centered around the Veterans Organization because I was, uh, without getting into to great detail, um, while we were in Haiti, um, I was in a vehicular, vehicular ambush, so to speak. Oh, wow. Um, the... Two others and I were riding in a convoy. We were run off the road. I was hit. Yeah. Uh, medic, um, medevac back to Port-au-Prince and then flown back to the U.S. Spent about two and a half months in the hospital. Wow. Uh, shattered knee, hip, and, you know, wrist, and a few other things. And uh, subsequently, they medically retired me. So with the military, the only thing that I'd done and known, you know, what's the next step? So I took advantage of the VA's vocational rehabilitation program. Very nice. And went up to Ole Miss, uh, got a degree in uh, political science, still kind of uncertain of of where I wanted to go, what direction, but I thought, you know, somehow I could continue to serve government somehow. And this was in the lead up as I graduated to to 9-11. And I uh, had made a simultaneous application to Mississippi College Law School. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. Attorney's Office, uh, who, like many federal agencies at that time, had 
created these anti-terrorism positions. And I thought, well, there's an opportunity for me to plug back in into sure. an arena that I was removed from, yes. um, you know, unexpectedly. And, you know, to help that along in the decision-making, I was on the threshold of getting married. And, you know, you, you, you try to make your decisions. And so I, I, um, they, they called me from the, from the U.S. Attorney's Office and said, you know, you've been selected for this job. You need to let us know what you're going to do if you're going to stay. So I, I thought about it, and, I, and I, I withdrew. I finished the semester and withdrew. Yeah. And then I started at the U.S. Attorney's Office as an anti-terrorism uh, intelligence specialist yes. in, in 2002. So spent four years there, mm -hmm. uh, transitioned over to the Department of Homeland Security in what was the National Protection Programs Directorate. That's when you and I met That's right. That's right. Uh, yes, years ago. And then since that time, we have evolved into what has become the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, mm -hmm. um, which was uh, anointed in 2018. So it now has equity with uh, FEMA, Secret Service, Absolutely. and Border Patrol, and so on and so forth, as a, as a, against the legacy agencies. So, so that's, that's the span of time from discharge to, to, to present. Never, never a dull moment in the life of in the life of Max Finn here on the Mississippi Salute podcast. Um, and then, and then, folks, he finds time to give back to veterans, um, really in a, in a in a volunteer role. Now, yes, he was appointed, um, but it's a choice. It, it really is. And Max serves as our chairman of the board here at Mississippi Veterans Affairs. Um, your passion for for serving our veterans, both older than you and younger than you, where does that come from? Well, again, you know, I referenced earlier this, this heritage that I have in my family and paired with the fact that when I was in the hospital and doing my rehabilitation, there were some folks on the coast and I, time has passed what I can't remember names and I don't know they're there anymore, but there's a BFW post on the, on the coast. My mother had known some uh, friends there. Anyway, they bought me a life membership mm. in the BFW. And then so when I was discharged, I got involved at Macomb with the, the VFW there in American Legion. And I had the um, had, uh, uh, privilege of running in uh, circles with Renan Richmond, who at the time was a board member here. So he had he had told me about what he was doing. And he said, you know, this is something that, that you might be good for one day. He said, mm -hmm. I, we don't control any of that, but the opportunity might, might present itself. And so... You know, we, we did, uh, in, in Pike County, we, the veterans organizations, we worked to build a, a memorial for our veterans. So that was one of the accomplishments that we did at the local level down sure. there. But um, the when the opportunity came um, and there was a vacancy in my package, you know, I, I thought about it. And I said, you know, this, this is another way to continue giving back and I guess the point is made really in this moment as we sit here in Newton because I reflect I've got a great uncle that's buried in the Philippines mm. one uh, my grandfather my father's father was killed in the in the break into the Ardennes and he's buried in Belgium wow and so I then I have a uh, another his brother-in-law was uh, a wounded taken prisoner for a period of time and then released by the Germans. And then I have a nephew who was uh, on a prisoner of war, a great nephew. I'm, I'm sorry, my, my uncle's nephew, so that would make him a great nephew, I guess. He was on, he was taken prisoner in the Philippines 
uh, put on a prisoner of war ship, which we subsequently sank because it was unmarked, was a Japanese unmarked. So his name rests on a, on a tablet uh, at at the Philippine Cemetery where, where his uncle is buried. So I just had that, um, you know, connection, and I just enjoyed doing what we do here. I think this agency does uh, – brings uh, tremendous value to our veterans across the state. Absolutely. Uh, with the services that it offers uh, and working with folks like yourself. <laughs> Appreciate you saying that. You're too kind. I mean, You're too you, kind. Uh, you know, for those listeners out there, that you should rest assured that uh, uh, you're getting way more than your your tax dollars with Ray Coleman and his capacity here at Veterans Affairs. That's a fact. The check is in the mail, sir. That's the right. check is in the mail. That's um, right. What I've always appreciated about you, and and you know, I've 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 known you for a good bit now. Um, I've heard stories about you, but I never hear you, heard you, or presently hear you talk about your military accomplishments. You always pass it on to somebody else. You're always making a point to honor somebody else. So I'll, I'll end the podcast episode with this question: Since you don't talk about yourself, and we always. Um, follow your lead and honoring others, what's the best way to honor a veteran? You know, we, we always have that question. Uh, make sure you honor a veteran today. In your opinion, what's the best way that we as Americans can do that? Well, I think the best way we can do that is to, you know, let's not lose sight of our history and what it's taken and the sacrifices that have been made to give us the freedoms that we enjoy today. There are those that, you know, uh, service in our armed forces is, is voluntary, mm. and so people make the decision to go in there. And we, we have to appreciate the fact that someone has to stand guard for this nation. Um, you know, just like police officers and firemen in our local communities and veterans. You know, our military folks do it at a national level, and we need not lose sight of that. And when they get injured uh, and need our, our government's help. Uh, through services and benefits, we need to make sure that we're paying attention to that, so that they don't lose um, what they've earned, what they've earned in, the, in that right. Sure. And uh, you know, days that are set aside for for patriotism, our Memorial Day and Veterans Day, you know, get your children involved and let them see uh, what it's all about, what the veterans community is about, and um, you know, honoring them them on those days. And if, you know, something as simple as, you know, putting flags out at a local cemetery, you know, take your kids out there and let them do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I tell y'all every episode, there's never a miss on Mississippi Salutes podcast. Um, we have heroes from all eras, races, beliefs, you name it. You can find them right here. And I, and I, and I just I say that because while these gentlemen and the women that we've had on here don't call themselves heroes, like my man Max Finn right here. <laughs> true American hero. He is Sergeant First Class Max Finn, United States Army, United States Marine Corps, uh, Mississippi National Guard, and he's ours. He's our chairman of the Mississippi uh, Veterans Affairs Board. And, sir, I thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Privilege to serve. Mississippi Veterans Affairs is on. He's ours. That's why I keep saying that. Um, if you need any services, if you need us for anything, folks, whether you're a veteran or family member of a veteran, MSVA ms.gov is where you can find us contact information services you name it you can find it there if you're into social media you can get real-time updates i'm always there for you ms veterans affairs with an s on the end on instagram and facebook and on twitter at ms vet affairs i am ray coleman i serve as director of communications and the host of the mississippi salute podcast we thank you so much for joining us until next time we'll see you